Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I'd like to thank Karen. Thank you so much for donating and for contributing to the longevity of this show. If you love this show and you've never donated, please consider it. You can find links to donate at thebittersweetlife.net. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we have a a stark difference between us. Not just the fact that you're living in Italy and I'm over here in the United States uh, living in Seattle, but I have gotten vaccinated and you have not. <laughs> nope. Nope. And and how do the prospects look for you as far as uh, getting vaccinated, Tiffany? Oh, they're pretty bleak. They're pretty bleak. I mean, I have much bigger, more of a chance of going to the States and getting vaccinated there. What are they telling you in the media, in the Italian media right now, about your prospects? Well, you know, there is a, I found this calculator online mm-hmm. that was supposed to tell me, like, based on my age and based on where I live and based on, like, if I have any medical issues or if I work in certain jobs. Like, you put in all the info and they tell you, you're probably going to be vaccinated. And it was something like April 2022. Now, I don't think that that was accurate. I mean, that can't be, right? <laughs> April, that's like a year from now. Well, that would say that no acceleration of any kind happened over the course of the next year. Yeah, exactly. It's probably unlikely. I mean, I do want to talk about your experience getting vaccinated and how they're managing it in the United States. But here in Italy, I mean, they're doing such a royally bad job. And I mean, they're doing everything badly right now. Like I, I think, I think most Italians like were not that I can obviously speak for everyone, but you know, even though we weren't happy about lockdown and all of that last year, there was a much more of a sense of solidarity, like let's do our part, let's do what we have to do, uh, let's listen to our leaders. We had this sort of like stable leader. <laughs> He's gone now. <laughs> well, yeah, you know how Italy is like, the government just collapses like every other year. <laughs> but uh, and everybody kind of liked this guy, Conti. You know, he kind of made people feel like, okay, Italy's on this. They're taking care of it. We're listening to the experts and we're going to do the right thing. This was in stark contrast to the U.S., you know, under Trump, which was just like a total mess. And obviously the individual governments of each state doing their own thing and how that was just not ideal. But now everything is totally different. Everybody's fed up. And I mean, I'm sure that's just because it's been going on for over a year and people are fed up. They would be fed up no matter what. Whether things were going well or not, I feel people would be fed up. But people are fed up and people are very annoyed with how the government is handling things this time around. Because they're just, they seem to be getting caught up in these tiny little details that really don't make a whole lot of difference. Like what? Like there's this huge debate in Parliament or in wherever in the government like, don't ask me to get specific on that, Um, (laughs) that people in charge are debating whether our curfew should be 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. And I mean, at the end of the day, does that really matter? No, it does not matter. 10 p.m., 11 p.m., it doesn't matter. I'll tell you who it matters to. It matters to restaurants. Yeah. Because if people have to be, you know, Italians eat late. Mm -hmm. If you have to be home by 10 p.m., it's going to be a problem for a lot of restaurants. They're not going to be able to do two shifts. In Italy, there's really only two 
shifts. In, in America, they get people in and out fast. But in Italy, there's like the eight o'clock diners and there's, you know, maybe like the 930 diners. And during tourists, when tourists were there, the 5 p.m. diners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, not all restaurants are open at that hour, but, um, but maybe six, maybe seven, yeah. maybe seven. But usually, especially as far as like people just walking in, you know, most people are going to be eating around eight. When they leave, there's going to be another, another person taking their table. There's going to be two families or two groups sitting at the same table in the course of a night, not five. If you're telling people that they have to be home by 10 p.m., what time do they have to be in the restaurant? You know, they're not going to be able to have that second shift. Yes. Yeah, so while they should be discussing the vaccine plan. They should be discussing the vaccine plan. Instead, they're wasting their time deciding 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And, it, and it's like every day there's a different news. It's like the news says it's 10 o'clock. Then the next day it's 11. Like you can't, you just, you can't keep up with it. And it's these tiny little minutiae. And also with the schools, it's like, okay, we're going to have kids up to sixth grade can go to school. No, it's up to seventh grade. Is it sixth grade? Is it seventh grade? It's like, mm -hmm. just pick a grade and just go with it and deal with, like you said, deal with the vaccine because people in Italy are like gung-ho on being vaccinated. There is not a large swath of the population. There might be a small subsection of people, but there isn't this huge, large swath of the population that is animately against the vaccine. So people want to get it. And right now, my father-in-law can get it because he was born in 1954, but my mother-in-law cannot get it because she was born in 1958. So the cutoff is somewhere in there, 54, 55. So if you're 60 years old, you can't get it yet, which is kind of ridiculous since 30-year-olds in the States, actually, I think it's 16-year-olds now, like anybody. Yeah, uh, anyone 16 and up, yep. Yeah, and here it's like, Yes, they've got all the medical people are vaccinated. I think all the teachers and people who work in schools are vaccinated. You know, definitely some people who have major comorbidities, but major ones are vaccinated. And, you know, the older generation are there, but it's, uh, it's a problem. And there's also discussion of like, are they going to allow people from outside of Europe to come into Italy this summer? The tourism industry desperately needs it. Most of Americans will probably be vaccinated by that time. But there's this big question of like, even if they're vaccinated, this is unknown. Can they still be carriers? And will that just be terrible for Italy? It's interesting, though, because I remember that New York Times article, I think we briefly mentioned on the show, that was all about how they had designed these amazing vaccination tents that were going to be put up in Piazza del Popolo that had a big pink flower on top. Right. Everyone was like, what yeah. a great innovative design. What a wonderful idea. That's Italy for you. All design, no like <laughs> no substance. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those tents? <laughs> Get them into Piazza del Popolo for goodness sake. It's interesting over here because we had restrictions on age levels too up until just very recently. You know, you either had to be an essential worker that fit these certain categories or you had to be above a certain age. And so I did a very kind of controversial thing that is definitely my privilege of being a, a person who works from home and who is a freelancer who can take miscellaneous time off from a job for any reason. And we decided to be one of those vaccine chasers, which is very common in Seattle. There's a lot of people who 
turn out at the end of a day at a clinic hoping that they'll have some leftover shots left that they have to just stick in somebody's arm before the end of the day. So you are already seeing in Seattle people just doing this every afternoon, you know, going to a clinic, waiting. Mm -hmm. The clinic, people would come out at the end of the day. They would say, okay, we've got seven shots left. Who here is over the age of 65? You know, and there might be one person, that person would get it. Okay, who here is over the age of 55? A couple more people raised their hand. But wait, can I just jump in really quick? Shouldn't those people already have been vaccinated? Like, shouldn't they already have been taken care of? Well, I mean, there's so many people who want it in Seattle that you have to also get an appointment. So if you can't get an appointment, you just, they were doing the gamble. So there are, peop- there are people who are eligible who can't get appointments? That was, a, I don't know if that's the case now, but that was a problem. Yes. Mm. I mean, maybe okay. just couldn't get one as fast as they'd like. Okay. You know? Because you kind of have to stay on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people don't have the the computer access to stay on it like that, mm-hmm. so they would just show up in person. Okay, you no, know, there are vast inequalities that are, of course, have come to light throughout this entire pandemic, and the vaccine is is no exception to that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So anyway, people were already doing this, and then you know they would just do these lotteries. Okay, who here, who here's over forty? Okay, we got two left over forty. When, when's your birthday? You know, <laughs> they, it would come down to like. I was born in January. I was born in April, right? January, you get it. April, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Stiff, stiff competition. Pays to be old these days. (laughs) (laughs) It sure does. So we decided that we were going to try to get the vaccine, but we didn't feel like our chances were very high here in Seattle, just because there are so many people who are waiting to try to find these overflow vaccines. And I had already signed up for volunteer lists, too, because another thing they're doing in the States is if you volunteer to help at these clinics that are vaccinating, like data entry, keeping track of like who gets what shot when in the system, then at the end of the day, you get your first shot. Wow, that's cool. I put myself on those lists to never got called, mm, <laughs> never got called. Geez. And at this point, we don't know that Biden is going to drop the age to 16. We're thinking, who knows when that will happen. Right. So we had gotten word from my sister over in Montana that in Montana is a state where people are less interested in getting vaccinated um, <laughs> for multiple reasons. And She's like, oh, I know at least four cities in Montana where you could get an overflow shot any day of the week. You should just drive over here. Uh, You don't even have to prove that you're a Montana resident. And I said, well, then I'd have to drive over there like 10 hours, hope that I get a shot. And then if I do, I have to drive another 10 hours back three weeks later, four weeks later to get another one. So instead, I also got word from a friend of mine from high school that Uh, they were successful in getting an overflow shot in Spokane. Now, Spokane is only four, four and a half hours away from Seattle. And so we thought, well, let's give Spokane a try. And we went to the clinic my friend went to, walked right in, got the shot that day. Oh, my gosh. And when we got there, there was a man standing outside with a clipboard. And he said, oh, are you here with an appointment? And we said, no, we were hoping to get on the list for overflow shots. And he said, oh, we don't do that that way anymore. Send an email to this address and we'll get you on the list. Man. And we'll call you. So, of course, we're like immediately think, oh, that's not going to happen. If I get on the email list, it's not like they're going to email me today. They're going to email me after the 250 people that are on the email list, wait list, right? Right. But another friend had sent me an article that was saying that 
local Spokane area Walmarts had been advertising that they have overflow shots at the end of the day and they want people to come get them. And so we decided, okay, we'll go for the Walmart. <laughs> like, we'll hope a Walmart has one. And we walked into a Walmart, and the very first Walmart we went to, they said, we think we'll have overflow shots, but we won't know until around 5 p.m. So then we went to another one, and they said, we don't even have those shots. Better luck next time. <laughs> this is a, like, serious ordeal. I had no idea. I know. So we went back Rather than jumping to all of the Walmart locations in Spokane, we decided to go with the first one, which was a much more positive experience than the second one. Mm -hmm. And got there around 4.30 and asked them about overflow shots. And they said, yes, we have them. Yay! I know. And we were just like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. I can't believe it's actually going to happen. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you have to give any information where you lived, like your address, your, your ID, anything like that? Yep. All of that stuff. I mean, in Washington State, they require that you are a Washington resident. Okay. But I, there's not any requirement about where you are living. Okay. That's good. That's good. And we didn't really feel, you know, everybody has the worry about if I take that overflow shot, I'm taking it away from someone else. I mean, are you? <laughs> I mean, potentially. But I felt pretty good about it because here we are at the end of the day. They were thrilled, honestly, that we were there. There was only one other guy there trying to get an overflow shot. And when we walked up and I asked about it, they said, the woman yelled over her shoulder, hey, we got two more. And they were like, all right. Oh, see, no, I don't think you should feel bad at all. I'm sure they're throwing away vaccines every night. I know. And think about how terrible that would feel. Yeah. Like after all this ordeal to just be throwing it away. Ugh, but sure. So then just last week, we drove back to Spokane to get the second shot now were you sure that you were gonna be able to get it yeah they scheduled us for it oh they okay fantastic mm -hmm. that's great yeah they they have to schedule you out mm -hmm. so once you're in you're in but we drove over there again got our second shot and i kid you not while i'm sitting there because you know they make you sit and wait for 15 minutes after you get the shot just to make sure you don't have a weird reaction mm -hmm. while we're sitting there waiting for the 15 minutes over the loudspeaker the walmart loudspeaker it says attention shoppers we have extra moderna vaccine available for anybody who wants it oh my god just come over to the pharmacy oh my that's nuts only one guy came over to the pharmacy that's nuts i know so in some cases it really is about do you have the time and resources to just get yourself to somewhere else and ask about it at the end of the day? Yeah, that, of course. But what about all those people shopping at Walmart who could have just got... I mean, obviously, some of those people were already vaccinated. But how many of the people there weren't and could have just walked over and didn't? I know. That's the sad, sad side of the story. I know. Well, and I don't know how to convince people who are hesitant to get the vaccine to get it. I mean, I know that that's a big head scratcher that's going on in this country where they're trying to figure out how to message it. I know that some of the shyness about it is is lifting a bit as people know more and more people who have done it without any ill effect. Mm -hmm. But all that is to say, it does feel strange, Tiffany, to think that in two weeks from now, I will be fully vaccinated because you know you have to wait for two weeks after the second shot before right. they consider you 100 percent. and then what do you do with that but wait a second is it truly 100 percent? because i've heard that it is not 100 like that there's like always like a 10 percent chance you can't be 100 percent sure yeah it's 95 percent, but the percentages get tricky because you're 
there's a big great article in the New York Times that breaks down the percentages. Okay. Basically, this is one of the most highly effective vaccines that they've ever created. Okay. I consider it like 100% because now the odds that you catch it, you could still maybe catch it hypothetically, but you know, you're not going to get laid out if you do. It's just right. so I feel like you really just don't need to worry anymore after that two weeks is up and they they even say of course you can get together with your other friends it's a change it's a difference wow. but it's interesting to have that on the horizon because i i have been finding that i don't really necessarily know what to do with that information <laughs> <laughs> with the world not being opened up with so many people still not being vaccinated it's not like you're going to just run into the streets and and pig pile yeah pig pile exactly <laughs> you know or so what are you going to do to make this, to mark the occasion? And I'm coming up at a loss, like besides, I mean, obviously I'm going to invite a friend over to have a glass of wine and do it in my home rather than in my backyard for a change, which will just be a novelty. But it makes me think, how, mu how will that feel? Will it feel like a novelty or will it feel strangely normal? The, the only thing I've thought of so far to do on that very first week, as soon as I'm vaccinated, is to get my hair cut. All right. <laughs> which I have not done since prior to the start of the pandemic. Wow, it must be very long. I can't tell from the way you're sitting. Or, you know, just kind of breaking apart at the bottom more <laughs> more likely. It is very long, but it's also just shattering. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I'm going to get a massage because my masseuse that is, is also vaccinated now. So That'll be nice. That is a great idea. But I feel like I should come up with some much more grandiose plan. I should go somewhere. I should do something. I would say go to Rome, but... I can't go to Rome. That's the thing. You can't That's go to Rome. Not right yeah. now. I mean, maybe later in the summer it'll be possible. But as it stands now, you can't come. Oof. You know where you can go? You can go to Greece. France and Greece. You can go to France this summer. You can go to Paris. France has decided that they're opening their borders to any, anyone who's been vaccinated. It's yet to be seen how they're actually going to control this, how they're going to check this, because I don't think vaccination passports, so to speak, exist yet. But they have made that announcement that they're going to be open to vaccinated people. And Greece has said that as long as you have a negative test, you can come in. I mean, I understand Greece. They already were in such major, major economic trouble Greece survives probably even more than Italy on tourism, especially in the summer, from around Europe particularly. So they're only going to be requiring a negative test. And so people are saying, are the other countries in the EU going to follow France's lead particularly and say, okay, we'll open up to anyone who's vaccinated as well? They might. Mm -hmm. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Well, and I've always wanted to go to Greece. There you go. However, the one thing that is, makes it a little tricky, though, like let's say tomorrow I could come to Italy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or even just go to, I don't know, LA, <laughs> go to California or whatever. All of these restrictions are still in place. But there are parts of the country that they that are not, that don't have any restrictions in place. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to be a part of that, I don't know. But I mean, my mom commented on something that I put on Instagram, like something about how you can't sit down, uh -huh. like you can go get takeout at a restaurant. You can pick up a sandwich at a sandwich shop. But you know you can't sit down even outside 
if there used to be tables there, like they've taken the tables away or they've chained the tables up. And so what you have are people standing, particularly like at lunchtime in an area where a lot of people are working. You've got people going to the lunch place, getting their lunch and standing around Instead of sitting, there's like almost the same number of people, but they're just standing. It's like, does this <laughs> well? Does this help? Frankly, the Italians are pretty used to eating one meal standing. They already yes. eat breakfast standing, so why not lunch? Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I cannot. I cannot deal. I cannot stand eating while standing up. I just can't do it. Uh, my husband does it all the time, and I'm like, you know, that's bad for you. <laughs> I read somewhere that it's actually bad for your digestion to eat standing up. I don't know if that's true. Who knows? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, I said I, I posted something like that, and my mom said, "Well, everything's open here in Arizona." <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But you, there are probably places in the world you could go. I mean, places in the U.S. you could go where everything would be open. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe it's just a matter of doing some research. Just don't go to California or New York. You know, go to, uh, I don't know, go to the South. Yeah. I don't know, maybe go someplace you've always wanted to go. You know where you could go, and then you wouldn't even have to worry about, like, overcrowding, is you could go somewhere, some beautiful national park in Utah. I don't know, have you ever been to Zion National Park? I don't think so. Zion National Park is, uh, I can't, ever since I went there, I can't get it out of my mind. I just want to go back so much. And I was with my mom, I was with Claudio, my mom and my stepfather and my in-laws and my sisters-in-law. Me and Claudio, like we wanted to like hike. I'm not a huge hiker, but I like to do it. I like the strenuous work of it. I like, I like to work up a sweat. I like to be tired. There were so many amazing paths we could have done. But, you know, we were with these people who were like, let's just take a casual walk. Oh, let's stop for lunch. I was like, mm. we couldn't do what we wanted. So I'm like, we got to go back there. That's a beautiful, beautiful park. It is incredibly beautiful. And Bryce Canyon is very close by. And Bryce Canyon, some people prefer it. I prefer Zion. But you could go there. I mean, it's not that far away. Or you go somewhere like that. Yes. Glacier National Park or, you know, Yosemite or someplace beautiful sequoias if memory serves there were also really friendly ambassador squirrels there is that is that right at zion yeah is that where you got all the squirrels that were trying to drink from your water bottle no that was at the grand canyon my mother-in-law uh (laughs) this she was drinking from a bottle of water and there was this little squirrel near her who was like thirsty who was clearly (laughs) thirsty and she she bent down he was super friendly and she put the water bottle up we have a video of it he, she put the water bottle up to the squirrel's mouth and the, this little squirrel put his hands on the opening of the bottle and drank from it. It was the sweetest <laughs> thing ever. See, I would travel anywhere to have a squirrel do that. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> have you been to the Grand Canyon? I have. I did not have okay. any squirrels that approached me, but maybe I wasn't giving off a friendly vibe. I would go to some gorgeous, beautiful national park somewhere in the West so it's not so far away in one of those states where things, you know, if you go to Utah, I mean, yeah, where things are going to be open, and that, but then you could also be outside and be in nature. That's what I would do. Well, it's not a bad idea. I think part of it will be like revving up my imagination for things outside of my home, hmm. which we should talk about probably in another show. Yeah, I don't know if you've had. I know you've had a little bit of that. Oh yeah. But I'm so used to being here. Like, why go anywhere? Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, uh, last night, Claudio and I did a staycation mm. here in, uh, in Rome. We rented a place for one night. And I mean, we knew we couldn't eat out, but we could get takeout. 
and it was fine. I mean, it was nice to be in the center. It was nice to, you know, take a walk in Trastevere after dark. We haven't been able to do that. Obviously, we've, we've gone to Trastevere many times in the past year, but, well, I guess last summer. Last summer was the last time we were out in the center late at night. Mm-hmm. And so it was quite nice. It was a bit cold. It's really unseasonably cold in Rome right now. But I got to be honest with you, I, I kind of missed my own bed. Mm-hmm. And I never feel like that when I'm traveling. At the end of a really long trip, I might feel like that. But I mean, it was just one night, yeah. you know, and I felt like one of those little <laughs> kids who's like, I want to go back home like you when you were spending the night with your friends and, and wanting to go back home. And yeah. I, I almost felt like that. I almost felt like it was after we'd come back with our food and I don't want to sit in this place and eat that I don't know. Like, I want my table. I want my plates. I want my bed. I want my pillow. I know. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny because, of course, to go to Spokane to get our second shot, we had to stay at an Airbnb. Uh-huh. That's the same thing. You're you're in this Airbnb. And I'm thinking things like, gosh, why are the curtains all so light? It's so bright in here in the morning. <laughs> you know? It's like I can't sleep past four because it's so bright in here funny things like that or you're like why are these bowls so gigantic you know the cereal (laughs) bowls were like five times the cereal bowl size that we have in our house (laughs) it is funny that you just get used to little things like that there is something that's not very relaxing when you can't just go out for dinner or you're trying to find a spot that will allow you to sit somewhere outdoors then you ultimately end up getting takeout and then you take it back to your subpar airbnb and sit around with each other we were actually going to add on to the trip since we were going to be all the way over in spokane we were going to after getting the second shot going to go up to a place called lake chelan and just be somewhere else for a couple extra days i know lake chelan yes but not everybody listening does but it's a a very beautiful lake and we were just to do something different and then we thought well what if we are like that group of people that gets somewhat sick from the second vaccine are we gonna want to be in some strangers airbnb at lake chelan while we're not feeling very good or would we rather just drive home and be in our own house and that's what we ultimately decided to do so we got the shot in the afternoon and we just got in the car and started immediately driving to home arriving like around 7 p.m in the evening and the next day I spent all day long laying around our house and thinking this was the right decision. Yeah. Well, in that case, it's totally the right decision. No one wants to be especially paying to stay somewhere and not feel good. You want to be at home anyway, and then you also don't want to waste money. So I totally get that. Claudio would say that I constantly want to be out. He always says, it's like, oh, you just, you can't sit still. You have to be out. You have to be going somewhere. You have to be doing something. I mean, maybe that was true at one time, but I don't think it was ever as true as he thinks. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm somewhere in between, in between homebody and wanting to be out all the time. Yes, and I think, if anything, we have all become more homebodies because of this, because we've had to. Yeah, we had breakfast out. We got these wonderful bagels, Linda's bagels, Linda and Steve, the Beehive bagels. Yes, if you're ever in Rome and you need bagels, look up Beehive bagels. Yes, there's a place in Trastevere where you can uh, get they have them and they serve them in really delicious ways. And so we got some of those and I got my cup of tea in a takeout cup, not big enough. Like I, that was like one time I was like, man, if we were in the States, I would have had a big cup for my tea. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we went and we found a place and it was, you know, it was warm in the morning and the sun was shining. And so we found a little place to sit. It was nice. It was enjoyable. It was fun to be out. But 
after we came home, I made myself a second cup of tea with my good tea, my like loose leaf tea that I really love and, you know, my way that I make my tea and yada, yada. And I just sat down at my table and I was like, ah, now this is better. This is living (laughs) right here. Well, and that's just not like me. It really isn't. And it's, it's, I have become so much more, like you said, of a homebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if that will change. I don't know if that will stay the same. I'm not sure. Well, we will find out. Well, let's explore this. There was a great article in the New York Times a couple weeks ago or a week ago or so about languishing, which is a concept I think we should discuss on a different episode. Okay. But for now, I would like to remind everybody that we are going to be doing another Day in the Life one year later episode, and we are looking for your audio snapshots of what life is looking like today right now what what is going on with you today maybe that's a way of thinking about it we've already gotten a couple great entries of how things have changed and not changed in the last year so just record a voice memo for us what we need is your name where you are in the world and just a snapshot whatever you want to share of something that's happening in your life right now and we're going to take a look at life one year later from the last time we did a day in the life episode so send that to us. Record it. Send it to us. Email it to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. For the non-tech inclined of you, it's, it's actually quite simple. Almost every smartphone is going to come with a voice recording app. So find yours, tape yourself, and then there should be a button somewhere on the app that is the sharing the the universal sign for sharing i don't know if it's a square with an arrow in it or something mm-hmm. click that and then you should be able to choose email type in our email address which is bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com and whoosh send it off to us yes do it before you forget just a picture of what's happening in your day and we will put another show together that will be so much fun to just see how things have changed and how things have not changed. Yeah, I did a I did a little Instagram poll about this and I said, has your life significantly changed in the past year or from how it was exactly a year ago, April 2020? Is it significantly different or has it stayed the same? The poll was split right down the middle. 48-52 of stay the same, totally different. Wow, interesting. Great, can't wait to hear those voice memos. So send them in. And uh, until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Go get vaccinated if you have the chance. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Please share the show. Tell your friends and family about this great discovery that you've made. And if you own a business, consider sponsoring the show. Sponsoring is a great way to reach an educated and diverse group of wonderful people living all over the United States and the world. Send us a note at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. That's bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Or visit the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net.